Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. God is more than able. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ever ask, imagine, think, or dream. That's the God we are talking about. No one can vote him in. No one can vote him out. He's on the throne and that is established. And I'm so glad that you have joined us today for church, wherever you are, online, on air. Those of you here in person, welcome to the house of our Father, who is more than able. Wow, it's a great song. Great, great song. It's good to see the team from Puerto Rico. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Do you know we are pioneering again? This is the very first team from Puerto Rico coming to Watoro. That's amazing. So thank you. Thank you, Asia, my friend, who I met at Southeastern University and went planted the church there, and they love Watoro. God bless you so much. And the team from Hong Kong, great to see you. I love your little cameras. They are fantastic. Yeah, they are awesome. Thank you for coming. But we also have friends all the way from Congo right here. Would you stand? Please stand. Yeah. Annie and Elaine all the way from the Congo. Uh, My wife took them for a village tour yesterday and uh, they said we need Watoto in Kinshasa. So some of you If God is calling you to go to Kinshasa, don't hold back. All right? But thank you for visiting us and do send our love and greetings back to the Congo. We're we're continuing our series, Healthy Families. And I know that our families, uh, family experience may not have been great. And even the whole thought of a healthy family is like, a pie in the sky. Uh, But through this series, we want to encourage you that God is able to restore health back to any family and he can enable you to start a brand new lineage of healthy families. That's what God can do. And so we started by talking about God's design for family. And then last week, we talked about strengthening the marriage bond. Today, I want to talk about a very key subject that you have experienced on stage here. When you saw Malcolm and Philippa come to lead service, amazing teenagers and children, they could never become that without great parenting. So today, I want to talk about intentional parenting. Very important subject. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to turn to your word and draw from your word truth that will set us free, words that will bring life to us. So bless your word, I pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, let me start off why this subject is so important. Psalm 127 and verse 3 says this. Children are a gift from the Lord and they are a reward from him. 
children are a gift from God. Have you ever received a gift that you was so precious and you got it? How did you handle that gift? It's a treasure. It's priceless. It's like, whoa, I, I love this gift. One time, a friend of mine gave me a gift. Now, I'm an iPhone person. I love iPhones. And this person said, hey, I have a gift here, maybe you find it useful. So he gave me this gift, but it was a Samsung. <laughs> so I saw the box. I said, all right. And I went home, and in my mind, I was thinking, I probably need to bless somebody else with this uh, phone. I got home, um, got the box. And I hadn't read fully what kind of Samsung it was. That's the time when Samsung had just released, uh, there used to be flip phones. This was the brand new Samsung Fold. I'd even never heard about it. And it just folds like, my goodness, brand new technology. So I got it out. And I saw Ford, read about it. I was, I think, among the first few people to get that phone. It was precious at that point. And I began to debate iPhone, Samsung, iPhone. And I said, this gift is too important. I shifted my priorities and I, I took it and I looked, I treasured it. And so when my kids will come near the phone, don't you dare come near my phone. This is a special phone. My wife, Vanita, let me see how it works. Oh, God, I know she's my wife, but she may just drop it. You, you were so protective of that gift. You were, because it's precious. It's valuable. The same is true for every child. Every child is a gift from God. And once God gives them to us, we must treasure them, protect them, and even shift our priorities. Intentional parenting. Now I know we live in a day where we're busy. We're working hard to look after our kids. We're doing all the stuff that we can for our kids. And that is all good. But we can never leave parenting to be accidental. We can never delegate our parenting to somebody else. We need to take that responsibility with purpose. And that's why the title is intentional parenting. Not just parenting. Because those kids are a gift from God. We did a research with our friends from One Hope to find out where our teenagers in this country are and who their biggest influences are. And I want to share with you some of the data we received. And we did this across Uganda. There's a bigger report which is global, but this is for Uganda. When we asked the young people, 
Where do you go when you are searching for meaning? What life means? And here was their response. 43% said they go to family. That's where they discover meaning of life. And then religious leaders uh, or texts and then teachers and on and on you go. And then when we ask them, if you want to find out whether something is right or wrong, who do you go to? The family. The family. And the most powerful voice in family is dad and mom. We must not lose that voice. And then it's still almost similar to meaning of life, religious text, and then leaders, and then you go to teachers. When it becomes a little bit more personal, matters of gender and sexuality, look at what happens. They still go to family, but the percentage has dropped. And then the teachers show up. Friends show up. And then Pastor Brian shows up. <laughs> he was ranking high. But when it gets a little bit personal, then you begin to have other voices. And that's why we want to talk about this subject. Because as a parent, as a significant adult, a guardian to children that God has brought in your care, you need to be highly intentional so that you don't lose the voice of influence. Now, I told you about the gift that I got. I went to the internet, read about it, and it was the letters. They had just released those phones. For me to discover how that phone worked, I couldn't just apply my knowledge of my previous phone. I needed to learn what to do with this new phone. And so I ran to the manual and began to read. The manual for how we raise our kids is the Bible. This is the manual. We live in a world today where in some parts of the world, the government wants to take charge of parenting our kids. They want to decide what we do for our kids. In some parts of the world, they are deciding what is being taught to the children in school. And if you as a parent don't agree with it, they take your kids away from you. That is wrong. This word says children are a gift to families from the Lord. And it is our responsibility to look after and intentionally raise our kids. There's a story in the Bible about Abraham. Many of us know Abraham. God called him to be a father of the nations and it took time because he couldn't have kids. And they waited and Abraham was beginning to run out of patience. And God paid a visit to Abraham to reassure him about this promise. And so in Genesis 18, after uh, the three angels came and told Abraham and they had a conversation and said to Abraham, 
by this time next year, you're going to have a child. He was too old. His wife, Sarah, was too old. Sarah overheard. Because how many of you know, mama hears everything that happens in the house. She knows. And so, Sarah heard, and she laughed. Say, why did you, Sarah, why did you, she said, I didn't laugh. Because she couldn't think it was possible. But anyway, here's what God said to Abraham. Genesis 18, verse 17, and a few verses below. Then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? There's something God was going to unpack. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation. And all the nations on earth will be blessed through him. What a promise. I love that. I'm going to bless you and nations are going to be blessed through you. That's a pretty powerful promise. And God said, I'm not going to hide it. I'm going to let you know and reaffirm it. But God continues to say something important. For I have chosen him, who? Abraham, so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Now, please understand, the promise was pegged on Abraham's intentional parenting. God was saying, Abraham, I've given you this promise. It is pegged on how you are going to raise your kids and those that come after you. If you don't believe it, look at how the text continues. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. This subject is pegged to the destiny of any family. This subject is pegged on the destiny of a nation. If we fail at parenting our kids, we have failed this country. We will have failed this world. Because the next generation is going to decide what the world looks like. And what we do now is so important. Let me tell you, there are families where they have failed to intentionally parent and all the success of dad and mom went down the drain. Everything that could have been a beautiful blessing became a curse because they failed. So this subject is for parents, but it's for everyone who wants to start a family. And I want to give you four simple principles from the word of God that will help you to be an intentional parent, an intentional guardian, an intentional significant adult for any kids that God has given you to influence. And they may not be yours, but God has placed them where you are so you can influence them. First one is this. 
Intentional parenting requires that you as a parent, significant adult in the life of the uh, uh, little ones or the younger ones, you must first and foremost be a model for godliness. It starts by how you live. It's not so much what you tell your kids, but it is so much what they see in you. It's us with you. It's, I'm a parent. It's very interesting how as parents we have high expectations for our kids and we don't live up to them. Do what I say. Do what the pastor says. But don't do what I do. That doesn't work. You have to be the model. You've seen the kind of influence that parents have over kids. Your non-verbal actions scream louder than your shouts to your kids. They're watching. They're watching you on phone while you're driving, telling lies. And after you've told lies and they tell a lie, you want to rebuke them. What authority do you have? Do you know when you fail to model godliness, you lose your influence on your kids? I'm so glad you came to church today. <laughs> but that's the reality. They are watching how we treat our spouse, how we treat other people. You can't treat them with disrespect and expect your kids to treat others with respect. You can't be violent and expect your kids not to be violent. Our actions speak louder than words in intentional parenting. Here's the thing. Paul says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1. He says, and this should be like a motto for all of us parents. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's <laughs> how we model it. So we got to show our kids what we expect of them. We got to leave it out. It's not easy. But by God's grace, it is possible. Do we make mistakes as parents? Yes. When you make a mistake, show your kids what it means to do when you've made a mistake. Humble yourself. In fact, it leads me to the second point. Not only are we to be models, we need to train our children. That's being intentional. We got to train them. So you can show them what to expect, but they are only young. You have lived so long and learned a lot along the way. They need you to now come down and help them understand. Hey, this is what you do when someone says something wrong to you. You don't punch them in the face. As long as you don't punch them and the others in the face. So that you don't do that. You start to teach them. You, you start to actually talk to them. 
Now, when I talk about training, this is not what I'm saying. Every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. training session. Daddy is going to come with his PowerPoint and is going to start training you as a child. That is for a CEO in your company. When it comes to family, training is as you do life. Those are opportunities. Here's what Deuteronomy says. Chapter 6 and verse 6 to 9. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you're going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, this training is life on life. Many opportunities to train our kids. Now, training also involves discipline. Discipline. That's not a very popular thing, but it's very necessary. Discipline is simply a consequence for violating something that you've already been talking about. Now, we celebrated Mother's Day uh, uh, last week. There was a post going around, and this was a post of um, a sleeper, in other parts like a flip-flop, by one of the companies here. Because mothers in Uganda understand discipline in a certain way. They will buy you a gift of those sandals, but that is multi-use. It's not just for walking. It is also for training you in how to walk. Some of you know what I mean. And it has, this, it has its place because the scripture says when you spare the rod, you spoil the child. But the rod is not the first thing you use when you're training. Never ever use the rod on children before you've talked about something. And don't just use the rod. Some of us, have, uh, we've grown up in contexts where the only language we understood, the only meaningful interaction we had with our parents is when it was the rod. That's the day they came closest to you. No. When I talk about discipline, our children, and using the rod, it, there's appropriate ways to do it. And there are other ways to do You see, the purpose for discipline is to actually help your children understand that if you violate some principles in life, there are consequences. And because I want to help you not to become a mess in the future, I am going to apply a consequence so that you learn that life has consequences. So I'm, I'm going to do it now. We're having a chat with Gary one time and he was sharing his story. Pastor Gary, our founder. And he said at once he, he'd been talking with his dad about a particular issue when he was a, a younger boy. And 
He did. He violated what they had been talking about over and over again. So Gary's dad says, you know, son, I'm going to have to use the rod. We've talked about this over and over again, and I believe in who you are and, and what you can be. But this cannot go on. And so he applied the rod on Gary. And Gary shares that as his dad applied the rod on him, Gary was saying, dad, it's too painful. And the dad would say, yeah, son, I know it hurts, but it hurts me more. <laughs> Look at what God has done through Gary's life. Look at what has happened today. The purpose of discipline is not for discipline's sake. Or to show I'm the man in the house, I'm the woman in the house. No. The purpose is you're preparing uh, your kids for a bright future. And there's appropriate ways and there's inappropriate ways. Here's what Hebrews says. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Say amen. So, training our children. Third, intentional parenting involves nurturing the God has placed in this child. That's our God. And this can be very touchy because sometimes as parents, I, I'm guilty of this sometimes. You're trying to project your dream onto the children. It's okay to have a desire for our kids, but don't try to mold them because you can frustrate your kids. Just because you're great at math doesn't mean your children will be great at math by your osmosis. It doesn't happen like that. It doesn't. And so you push your kid in a direction that God hasn't designed him for or designed her for. Then you begin to wreck that child. Because you who is supposed to be the greatest supporter and recognizer of their gifts, you've missed it and you're hurting them. This was true for Jesus. Even Jesus' parents... The angel had appeared to Mary, spoken, appeared to Joseph, but they still somehow didn't understand. One time, Jesus, as a 12-year-old, he's in the temple debating with all these theologians. And he's talking, and the parents get to realize, where is Jesus? They didn't have him, and so they go and find him in the temple. And here's what Luke chapter 2, 49 to 52 says. Jesus sees his parents and says, why are, you, why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. They were struggling. They didn't understand Jesus. And sometimes we don't understand some of the gifts and passions of our kids. And so then what did Jesus do? He went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But listen, mothers, parents, here's what we must do. 
But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And it goes on to say Jesus grew. Begin to observe certain things in your children. Treasure them in your heart. Our second born, Vanita and I, and our third, they like to give gifts. When people visit, they are thinking of what to give. You begin to observe that. Our firstborn is into animals. He's like an encyclopedia of animals. He will tell you the force of the bite of that animal, how long they, he's passionate. I'm a pastor. <laughs> but I must nurture that gift. I got to see it and say, wow, God, you're amazing. You raise some to look after people. You raise others to look after wild animals. God, you are good. And I got to be happy with that. They like art. If they like art and they can draw and draw, don't force math and biology and chemistry. They may not calculate, but they can argue a case in court. Recognize those gifts and nurture them. Finally, this is so important. Let's pray for our children. There is what we can do, but there are things which God only can There's an enemy who is after our children, Satan. He will try to attack our kids. We need to be parents that know how to pray. A parent's prayer is powerful. I was just talking to a lady in the service that just ended. And she said, Pastor, I was home by myself. My husband had gone to work. I have four kids, but all of them got sick at the same time. And I felt overwhelmed. And all I could do was yes, treat, but I was getting exhausted. I had to cry out to God for help. There are situations our kids will go through that you yourself won't have anything you can do except prayer. There are some of our children, they will make decisions that you yourself won't be happy with. And they will even decide to walk away from some of the things you have been teaching them. And all you can do is advise, but you can't force. Get on your knees and pray. I said, God, you are more than able. Who am I to deny what you can do? You will bring back my daughter. You will bring back my son. Look after him. We need to pray. Ephesians chapter 6 says this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. There are things concerning our kids that require divine intervention. So to be an intentional parent, model it, train, make sure that you nurture their gifts and talents, and pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you so much that even now, you're speaking to us about this subject. Because our destiny as families, our destiny as a nation, is dependent on how we raise our kids. And I know this is not an easy subject. For parents who never experienced intentional parenting. It's not easy by any means. When we get children, because every child is different and unique. We don't have a chance to go to school to learn about every kid. We raise them every day. But I thank you for your grace, Lord. I thank you for your grace to empower parents. I thank you for your grace that's available even for those who are experiencing bad parenting. You are there for them. I pray today particularly for our children. Watch over our children. Protect them from the evil one. And keep the evil one away from them. I pray for parents. Give them wisdom, insight, Provide through every parent, every guardian, every significant adult, whatever they need to raise their children. I know you can do it, Lord. Now, while all heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you may have not had a great parent on planet Earth, but we all can have a perfect heavenly father. He loves us. He is the greatest of all fathers. In fact, he's even a father to the fatherless. But my friend, the only way to become a child of God is by you saying yes to Jesus. The most intentional father is God. He has a plan for your life. He knows your fears and your struggles. He knows the guilt and shame that overwhelm us because of sin. But God our Father loves you so much. He dealt with sin. And all you need to do today is say yes to him. If you're watching online, you're in the building, and you're saying, hey, pastor, you talk about intentional parenting. I get it. But when I look at my life, I'm lost. I'm in darkness. And today, I want God, my heavenly father, to be my father. I want him to forgive my sin. I want to be his child. If that's you, I want to pray with you. 
before we carry on with the rest of the service. You're saying, Pastor Julius, please pray with me. I want to receive Jesus. Lift up your hand right now. Say, that's me. Thank you, madam. God bless you. Thank you. All over this building, you're saying, I want Jesus in my life. Thank you. Upstairs, raise that hand. And I have a friend of mine who will come to you. If you're watching online, let us know. Raise that virtual hand and someone will be in touch with you. Because we, we want to help you. Is there any other person? I thank you, ma'am. And you're saying, hey, no one has come to me yet. Just lift that hand and someone will come to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you upstairs. God bless you. And online, if you're raising that hand, that virtual hand, somebody is getting in touch. I'd like us to pray this prayer for those who have raised their hand. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. Today, I ask you to forgive me of my sin and make me your child. I receive you as my heavenly father. I've become your child. In your name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's celebrate our friends that have made that decision. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's celebrate them some more. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watotochurch.com. Hey, hey,